Hi everyone, my name is Missy Owete. Welcome to season three of the Money Matters with Missy podcast. This season, we're going to be looking at things differently. We're going to go topical, so we're going to pick a topic and we're going to discuss that topic. Of course, it will be split into different episodes until we've exhausted or dealt with the topic. Also, I'm going to be giving you things that you should consider on your to-do list based on the book if God wrote my to-do list. So we'll look at one item every week to help us stay, stay focused on our goals. I hope you enjoy this. Listen, subscribe, share, like. Today's to-do list, um, we have speak into the life of another, speak into the life of another. So the book, um, What If God Wrote Your To-Do List, talks about D.L. Moody and how he received um, inspiring words that made him preach um, the gospel in America and in in Europe um, to millions and millions of people even in the 1800s and one of the inspiring words that he heard or the words that he heard that inspired him was said by Henry Valley um, which is the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. So receiving that word, Moody claims inspired him to want to preach um, the gospel wherever he went. And Moody himself has come up with a few um, inspiring words that um, you know quite commonly said today which includes the bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the bible um i believe satan to exist for two reasons first the bible says so and second i've done business with him Mm, there is no better book with which to defend the bible than the bible itself among others a lot of times when we speak words to people, we are not fully aware of the impact these words have on them. But the important thing is that we should learn to encourage others. So even as we go about trying to achieve our goals, um, in doing so, obviously, assuming that you have a partner who holds you accountable and you hold accountable, Um, One of the things that you should also do is speak encouraging words to them because you just don't know what impact that would have on their lives. And so our to-do list this week is deliver words of encouragement. Hi everyone. Okay, so we're still looking at um, passive income 
um we've we looked at what passive income is we looked so we looked at how to you know start investing we looked at the the difference between investing and passive income whether it's better for you to pay off your debts um, before you start generating additional income or investing or whether to do both alongside and we kind of like covered um you know base the basic um, advantage of one over the order so um i just I just thought it would, be, it would be a good idea to, you know, to kind of like put passive income and investments, you know, beside each other. And just, let's just look at, um, the two, because like I said, in a previous episode, a lot of times we tend to interchange one for the other. Um, and passive income could potentially become an investment, um, depending on how far you take it. And what do I mean by that? So, um, the, like I said, the idea of investing is one, it has to be for long term, okay? And generally, you don't invest in uh, a, in passive income, you invest in an asset. So when you, start, when you start doing something and it becomes an asset, everything that you've put into it now becomes an investment. So what do I mean? Um, let's say, for example, you invest in, you decide to invest in dropshipping business, okay? Low entry point and you build, you know, you build up that business. It becomes a, a, a million dollar business, for example. And yes, people who um, do um, dropshipping make can make up to a hundred thousand a month over a hundred thousand a month so it could potentially be generating up to a million a year for them um some of them can do it in just the one business some of them will do it over different businesses okay uh, and depending on how they structure themselves they can put all of that in one company or they can have separate companies so if they have they put all of it in one company then yes the turnover of that business will be up to a million if they do it as separate companies then maybe not so but even the average business size in the UK is usually around the under is usually under half a million and typically around the 200 300,000 mark as in in turnover you know and um yeah the average um um profits or income level for a, a small medium sized business is usually around about the 50,000 Max, so that's after they've paid off all their expenses and everything, they have 50,000, and that again is reflected in, in the recent budget of the government. Where you know, when the government was talking about you know taxing limited liability companies, they give um, this, um, a, 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 a breather to businesses whose profit is 50,000 and under because most, and I think they said about 70 percent of the businesses make that amount of profit so um if you're doing a drop shipping business you know and you're doing a turnover of um about a, a million your profit ideally would be about the you know that's after all expenses paid most likely would be around the hundred thousand two hundred thousand mark because usually your profit is going to be in the discount that your manufacturer gives you and your core costs, your core costs would be your website, your ads, and if you employ staff, your staff, that would be your core cost. And then every other thing is yours. 
Um, so yeah, you you should be making around about you should be making around about um a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, depending on how much discount your manufacturer is giving to you. And most manufacturers will give you at least twenty percent. Some of them are generous to give you fifty, but most of them will give you twenty percent. Um, especially if they know um you know that's what you're doing you know what you're doing is drop shipping you're not you're not retailing if you take the risk of buying the products off them and then warehousing it and all of that and all of that they might give you more but if they know you're not really taking that risk they're taking all the risk and then from my experience anyway or and maybe the products that i invest in um, they're not that very generous but again with 20 percent, you can do a bit you can do if you if you if you know how to do your numbers well you, you can do very very well with that okay so that the, the drop shipping business at the point where all you're doing is um transferring the order from your customer to the manufacturer um that's you know you have to manually do that so maybe you're getting one order a day between one and ten orders a day so you're able to do that quite easily but when you begin to get like hundreds of orders a day um, that's going to take your time and that's where you potentially would get an assistant who then does it for you okay and initially you could just get the assistant to do it for you a few hours a day so you could get them to do it for like four hours so usually what will happen is that orders that come in between a certain period so you have a cutoff period um and again usually the cutoff period should marry with your manufacturer's cutoff period so the manufacturer would want the process orders received a certain day at a particular time and any orders they receive after that time will be processed the next day so really your cutoff period should be at least an hour before that and then you just you know your assistant you recruit them to work up until that cutoff period so that they can process all those orders send them to the manufacturer um send you the the link you know to get paid or if you have a credit limit then maybe paid at the end of the week or if you, you could put a card with the manufacturer so the manufacturer automatically takes the payment of the card and then when the money hits your bank you just pay off the the, the difference on your card so it depends you know from depending on how you want to structure your own business but up until the point where you get a, 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 an assistant maybe a, preferably a va to do it but of course if you have a whole range of businesses you might want to consider um, a business manager or something i don't know it depends on how much money you're making in the business anyway up until that point when you do it yourself it's just generally passive income okay you're the one doing the work you're spending an hour maybe two hours a day on the business because of the nature of the business it has to be daily so when the orders come in you have to do something either push a button or whatever to get the orders to the manufacturer um yeah so it, it, essentially you're involved you know at that point it is passive income but the moment you get somebody else to do that and you do nothing other than check your bank account check the reports at the end of the day and of course i miss out some point the ads as well you know making sure that the ads are running well making sure that the the, the metrics of the ads are working the way they should you're getting optimum return for the ads that you're putting in you're taking out all the the money guzzlers and the 
you know, the unnecessary keywords and all of that, you're taking all of that out, um, then yes, you're doing the business yourself. It's passive income. It's passive in the fact that you're not doing as much as the manufacturer is doing to generate that income. Okay, so the manufacturer has to do so many things. They've got to come up with the products. They've got to get them licensed. They've got to get them tested. They've got to get them made, quality control, a child, da, 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 and all of that. You're not doing any of those. And that's why we call it passive income. Because they've got to do a whole range of things to generate income. You're not doing as much. You're just doing a fraction of what they do. And so that's why we would call it passive income. But the thing is, you're not spending as much time as the manufacturer of the product is. You're spending very little time. Of course, you're not going to be generating as much profit as they are. You know, but you're generating a reasonable amount of profit. So that's why we will call it passive. Now, when you transfer all that function to somebody else to do, when you outsource that, you know, then your business now becomes an asset. So all the time that you've put in to put all those systems in place to make sure that your business is working efficiently that's your investment in the business as well as financial you know that's the investment in the business and from that point onwards the business now becomes an investment okay and it becomes an investment because you're not doing that much of course you have the passive income element the passive income element is the money that just keeps hitting your bank account either daily or monthly you understand but then it becomes an asset. And the more you grow the business, because the idea of the business really is to scale it, the more of an investment it becomes. Because guess what? At some point, again, like I said um, on the last episode, you have targets that you set for yourself. You know, um, so you can say to yourself, okay, when I grow the business to a million, two million, for example, because with all businesses, there's a limit to which you go. And after that, you really can't do, you can't grow it. You know, the, the rate of growth is not that much. So if you're seeing growth, it's probably um, in terms of inflation growth. So maybe the price of the, of the product is increasing due to inflation, but you're probably not selling that many more products, you know, or yeah, you're probably not selling that many more products, you know, or if you're selling that many more products, the, 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 so before you could, you're probably doubling. Initially, when you start, you're probably doubling your turnover, at least doing up to 50% of your turnover. And then you get to a point where the increase you're seeing is 1%, 2%, 1%, 2%. And no matter what you do, you can't grow it past that level. And usually that's the level where you want to consider selling it. And that's why that business becomes an asset. The fact that you can put a value on it, you can say you want to sell it and somebody will be interested in buying it. And usually what we find is when manufacturers find out that actually we got this um, retailer who's buying from us and it seems like they're they're like, you know, more than 20% of their sales, you know, and they're like, wow, um, they can either just re- rely on you to sell their products for them, you know, and just, you know, they give you all the support you need to make sure that you're doing great sales, in which case, you know, you could be doing up to 50% of their 
turnover now if they're a smart business that's not a good place to be because if your business goes bust if anything happens to you that's 50 percent of their sales gone so what they should ordinarily do is they should approach you and say you know what we want your business we want you know we want to buy your business and of course why are they buying they are the ones selling the products they decide not to sell products to you that's it of course you might have other um manufacturers that you work with and you should have other manufacturers that you work with so but if, if they decide not to sell to you that's it but usually what they would do is they most likely would buy your website because it means that their website is not performing well they're not doing very well with their website and so it only makes sense that if they have somebody who's doing better that they should buy out that website and all you're selling is the website and guess what you know even though the profit for your for for your website is a hundred thousand a year you could potentially sell that website for two three times that profit so you could be selling a website that is generating income of a hundred thousand for like two hundred thousand three hundred thousand sometimes even up to half a million because the manufacturer would decide how much that website is worth to them and again if you have other manufacturers you know that you're buying from guess what um they also have access access to those people's products essentially so they have an outlet to sell their own products they also have the opportunity to buy from these other manufacturers who are their competitors you know and if your if your website is doing well that you're producing you know a good enough return for those other manufacturers as well they put if they're wise enough you know they could potentially be merging with those come i mean the again i'm just allowing my imagination go wild you know in this in in this particular scenario but the point i'm trying to make here is that even with your part it's something that you started on a very small scale to generate maybe a hundred pounds extra a month or maybe a thousand pounds extra a month that you've now grown you've scaled it it's doing exceptionally well you're making a lot of money from is no longer just passive income it has now become an asset you've invested in it and now you're getting your returns from it and so that's where the passive income then you know slides over to become investment so that's business this is talking business you know that's one of the um, assets um, vehicle let's look at another um another investment vehicle so let's look at um um property so the last episode i was talking about the fact that um a lot of people that call themselves property investors are technically not property investors but property traders because they get involved in the business you know all the especially those that do things like you know um, no money down deals like the rent to rent the lease options the hmos the service accommodation you know even the the the, the, um commercial conversion you know um or um people that you know do conversions whether commercial or even residential so they convert um, maybe a, a five bed house to three flats or whatever they're doing all the work you understand so at what point does their in quotes business their trading business become an investment 
again with investment like we said it's a long-term thing that's number one and then number two is that it generates an income so someone that if somebody converts um let's take commercial conversion for example so you're converting um a, a block of flats sorry a block of offices to a block of flats and you're doing all the work yeah so the point of you doing and if that's all you do you know you just buy a, a block of offices you get your planning permission you get the you have the builder that you tend to work with and then you convert that and you keep doing that you keep doing that you keep doing that and then you're trading you understand However, if when you finish converting those properties, you don't sell them, you know, you then hand, either you set up your own letting um, agency to run it for you, or you hand it over to a letting agency to run for you and you keep that asset and it stops being a trading um, asset, it now becomes an investment because at this point you're doing nothing. The rent from those properties you know, begins to generate an income from you. And that's the way HMRC sees it. And that's why they're removing all the tax benefits for, you know, for individuals buying rent. So for example, your your mortgage, they no longer allow you, you know, reduce your tax liability by your mortgage expense. However, if you do it in, in the company, you're allowed to do so. You understand? But the idea really is that if you're buying it in the company, that company is trading you know is trading so that company is seen to be buying flats or houses whatever and then renting it out as their business okay and so the company itself is the asset again the degree to which you're involved in the company will determine whether it is an asset so if you're the one doing all the work you're responsible for all the lettings and all of that or the managing of the flats and all of that then again your trading is a pass well the degree to which you do it so if it's something that you 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 do once a month yes we can argue it's a passive income but if it's something that you're doing on a daily basis so you have maybe 50 properties for example and all of them you know you have the same system going for all of them and every day there's something wrong and you have to get involved da, 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 and all of that, and all of that. it's no longer passive because you're actively working in the business but again, if you if you put set it up as a business or system, and you have people running that for you, and they make the day to day um, decisions, you know, you set KPIs for them, you know, and you, all you do is maybe once a month or once a week you monitor those, um, you monitor those KPIs, and the only time you really get involved is when you have to make difficult decisions. You know, no decisions like what software are we going to use, you know, or what service company are we going to use? Not decisions like that, but, you know, looking at the numbers and, you know, trying to decide how to make the business a bit more efficient, you know, how to be innovative in the way you run your business, then yes, it becomes an asset. And that system, that company you can sell, it becomes a valuable asset that somebody will be interested in because they can see that, um, if they invest in that, you know, 
um, it will continue to generate an income from them it then becomes an asset and that's what you're investing in so all the time the money the energy that you've put into getting those systems working to get that optimum return is your investment and now that you've done all of that is now generating the income from you for you rather then you have an asset okay so let's talk about commodities the same thing with commodities so talking about commodities we're looking at um the gold the silver um i I think i want to throw gemstones into that as well so with 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 gold silver and other kind of commodities it's a slightly a bit different you know um and it's kind of like similar to stocks and shares and bonds and all of that but different in the fact that this is real real tangible asset so there's so many different ways of investing in 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 um commodities but i'm not going to talk about the paper investments i'm talking of the real investment buying physical commodities is what i'm talking about and of course again that extends into commodities like crude oil and all of that minerals and stuff like that but i'm just limiting this to the simple gold silver mm, i'm struggling with gemstone but maybe gemstone as well okay so the, the 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 illusion is that when you're investing in gold and silver <clears throat> and, and and you know gemstones and all of that there is no passive income okay that's the illusion there's no income so with the with with the, with a with a with a with a with an asset for example sorry with a property there's rental income with a business there's profit but with commodities where's the money that's the illusion and that's the the, again because it's not well known this is something that the wealthy put their money into and it's not well known um they don't see the income but the reality is, is that depending on where you're putting your gold and silver um there are places where you know you can use your gold and silver as security you know for cash and then lend the cash out to people. So, the, so, so say for example, you have a hundred thousand or even a million in. No, let's do hundred thousand, fifty thousand. Yeah, let's do fifty thousand. So, yeah, even even ten thousand. But let's stick with fifty thousand. You have fifty thousand in your vault, gold and silver. Um, there institutions that would would take your fifty thousand worth of gold and they would give you 25,000 in cash and they allow you lend somebody else peer-to-peer lending that 25,000 okay so somebody has say they, they they want to invest in property they don't have cash but they've got commodity what they can do is they can call, they can go to this peer-to-peer lending platform and say, I've got gold worth this amount. Usually they would not let them borrow more than 50% of the value of the gold that they have, just so that they security, both for the buyer and for the lender, sorry, borrower and the lender. Um, and so they will give that person up to 50%. That person can then take, so if you want to lend them the money, you know, of course you, you don't want to do cash. You don't want to sell your gold to be able to lend them the money. What the platform will do is they will take security of your gold to the value to which you're lending. They give you the cash. 
the cash then goes to the, this person who's lending who secured that loan against their own commodity and they agree the rates just like anywhere else so the rates are anything from three percent to ten percent and sometimes they pay the, the full interest up front and sometimes they pay monthly okay and that is where the income comes now not a lot of people know this because again gold and silver is not something that people talk i mean there's so many platforms that talks about investing in property investing in businesses investing in shares very 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 little talk about investing in gold and silver but yeah there's potential income from that okay and where does the capital um appreciation come in now again like I said, this is not common knowledge. This is not what many people know. So usually the typical way of investing in commodities is you just buy, you know, um, gold or silver, or whatever, and you just put it in the vault and it stays there. And over time, the value of the gold or the silver goes up and that's it. However, the serious, serious investors in um, commodities don't just do that. Okay. What they do is they look at the, um, the relationship, the ratio between, um, gold and silver. And that's what they, they in quote trade. So usually what happens is over time, the relationship between gold and silver changes, not the value, but the relationship. So, um, in a simplified way, say for example, um, gold is worth a hundred pounds and silver is worth 10 pounds. An ounce of silver is worth a hundred pounds and an ounce of silver is worth 10 pounds. So the relationship between gold and silver is one to 10, meaning with one gold coin, you can buy 10 silver coins. Okay. And so what's, um, the the serious investors in, in in gold and silver tend to do is they watch that relationship and at the point where you can buy more than double in silver they continue to invest so let me let me try and break this down so we've looked at it and said one gold coin will buy you 10 silver coins so at that point yeah because the price of gold is very expensive it's better that it's better that you put your money in silver yeah and you continue to buy silver until that price the relationship between silver and gold drops so when the relationship between silver and gold drops to as low as one to five so one gold coin will buy you five silver coins which means that your ten silver coins which initially would have bought you one gold coin can now buy you two gold coins you then sell all your silver and then you buy gold and so rather than just taking advantage of the price appreciation of the asset you're potentially able to double the value of your Asset simply by just selling again like i said this is not common knowledge a lot of people don't know about it and i tell you it's it's if you're if you're if you want to really invest and you want your investment to grow exponentially that's the easiest and the best way to do it 
and you know checking these prices is not is not very difficult it's not even hidden you don't need to be a specialist to be able to do it it's readily available on the on 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 on, on the web you know all you have to do is do gold prices silver prices and most of the platforms will give you both prices some of them even go to the extent of telling you the difference so when gold is at its most so like going between one to ten for example you just sell all your gold you put it in silver and then when the price drops you switch now there are a lot of other things that we we, we, we we are not discussing so there's so many reasons why that will happen there's demand and supply and all of that and all of that that is again a topic for another day but in doing this you also have to consider the storage costs okay so there's a tip between the storage costs so if you have um of course let's um, turn our silver into gold bars the space that one gold bar will take is never going to be as much as 10 gold bars so if you're talking in the thousands 1000 gold bars 10,000 gold bars so you have storage so when you're trying to figure out which one you should do again don't forget to put the storage um, costs you know don't forget to look at the storage cost because even though so basically if you're if you're looking at millions and you look at the storage cost you need to consider whether it would actually work in your favor and that's when looking at the trend looking at how quickly those prices are changing and usually when you have um, um, uh, pandemics or economic situation that you know really really affects the economy those are usually the best times because your story you're going to be storing not for too long so it's like a quick flip you know and you're not keeping that um metal for too long because you've taken advantage of the moment and now you can then you know continue to build up and so you're not storing too much you know but again some of the vaults you know if you're looking at huge quantities you can arrange a discount you know for of storage for them and they'll be quite willing and happy to do so so the other the final investment that we want to look at is um 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 shares shares bonds and all of that and all of that and i'll be quite quick so when again you can invest in this from for as little as i think a pound there's some there's some apps that allow you invest like up to a pound um and to as much as you want in stocks and shares so again the 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 passive income of the share is in the dividend that you receive so you buy the share you have to wait typically uh anything from three months to what 12 months you know to get the return so you know it's not a monthly return it's a once a year return okay of course depending on what kind of share you're buying are you buying an ex-dividend or cumulative of dividends so one when you even after you've bought it you're not going to get the dividend the previous owner gets the dividend or you buy it including the dividend so depending on the kind of share again it's not really my something that i i know too much about but of course i have the basic knowledge of that so when you look at that 
um when you're of course again when you're buying it is when you're at the point of when you're buying the price is reflective of whether it's including dividend or not okay and so that's the passive income so when does it become an asset of course almost immediately it's an asset if you're not trading the appreciation of the asset so if you're not waiting for the asset the price of the assets to go up and, and then you sell you know if you're keeping it for that long term every year to be able to get the dividend immediately is a dividend but if the reason why you're buying it is because you're, you want to take advantage of the appreciation in the value of the share then it's trading and of course the moment you decide to keep it it becomes an asset you know and then you take advantage of the return and so um that is the that i hope that has been able to explain the crossover between the passive income of business commodities real estate and shares which are the four main classes of investment vehicles you know between each and one so every single one of these could generate a passive income and then potentially become an asset you know that again you can trade you can take advantage of the capital appreciation okay and so when you're deciding which passive income you want to go into again that's something to consider so all of them you can the entry level i think the entry level of each of them varies i think the cheapest one you can invest in is shares followed by um, commodities you can start buying gold or silver coins as low as 10 20 30 pounds um then i would want to argue business and then real estate um business because you can start there's businesses that you can start for like 100 pounds 200 pounds um real estate even though they say there is no money down it doesn't matter what you want to do i think you you're going to have to put some money down even if you're borrowing it from somebody you know if you're getting the money from somebody but you're going to have to put money in so the the one that offers you the the lowest possible entry like we said stocks and shares then commodities gold silver coins then um businesses you know and then um real estate so when you're looking at you know which ones to go for bear that in mind and then of course we've seen how we can turn passive income of each of the four classes into investment vehicles where you're not just taking advantage of the the income that you get whether on a monthly or on an annual basis you're also taking advantage of you know the capital appreciation in the assets and then you can actually sell that to get a lump sum i hope this has been helpful in trying to shed light on passive income and the you know um the various classes and entry levels and turning passive income into assets um if you have any questions you can reach me missy owete one my instagram handle facebook missy owete um send me a message um if you have any questions or any matters you want us to discuss and yeah i hope this has been useful again share um tell your friends family members young people about this um because like i always say you never know who it's going to benefit um just don't make the assumption that um people will not like it or whatever okay my name is missy owete and this is the money matters podcast <laughs>